Hello. Welcome to today's episode of The Bim Student. I'm your host Chetna Chauhan. Do you know what is the most common acronym used when we talk about Bim? LOD. And what is LOD? Well, some say it's level of detail while others say level of design or level of development and they more or less mean the same. While we all have different definitions and standards conforming to LOD, the actual level like for example 100 for schematic, 200 for design development, 300 for construction documents, it's all very confusing and intimidating. While all this is happening, LOD matrices have become a very important part of our BIM process. We see them in our BIM execution plans. Clients ask for a certain level of LOD. Project managers, designers and engineers define their scope, budget and time based on LOD. And while everybody has a different understanding of LOD even on the same project, it becomes really important to understand different aspects that how an LOD is defined and what really goes into defining a certain standard for LOD. This week I sat down with Daniel Dorothy and discussed some really interesting aspects of LOD, its applications and importance that it has in our industry. Presently, Daniel works as a manager for operational support at PCL Construction and has long career behind himself as a design technology, construction technology and a BIM professional. Let's listen to what he has to say about LOD matrices and their prime function on design and development of a project. Welcome to the podcast Daniel. I'm glad you took out time to talk to us to talk about things that you're passionate about. Uh welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Would you want to introduce yourself? So my name is Daniel Doherty. I'm um, my title is Manager of Operational Support in Edmonton, Alberta for PCL Construction. Um I also sit on the board of directors of Canbim. Been doing BIM in some way, shape, or form for almost 20 years now, starting in the architectural world as an architectural technologist, and then about 11, 12 years ago, moved over into construction. Through my experiences, it's been everything virtual design and construction and BIM. So LOD is one of those things that I come across, you know, on a daily basis. Okay, great. I just want to know, did you choose to be a BIM professional, or it was just by accident? Uh, it was. sort of by accident when i started as an architectural technologist i really only used 2d cad you know as i was doing drawings i always always frustrated the point that no matter how much time and effort i put into the drawings and you know coordinating with the, the other consultants that we were working with uh, i was always frustrated with the amount of rework that happened every time i went to site or went to the general contractor i found myself there was mistakes that shouldn't have been there there was you know changes to the to the coordination you know constantly and it was just this always frustration amount we that there's this amount of rework so when i got introduced to bim you know the the clouds parted and you know the sunshine came down and i thought oh this is the answer to all my problems if we can model everything that we're sending to site there's no room for for discrepancy it is what it is and and you know if if it's if it's in the model you know it should uh, our drawing should be good so it took a couple of years of trying to implement this at the architectural firm Uh, trying to push BIM because I thought it was really the future. 
when it went to site, it was all the same problems. We still ran into even more rework because the drawings didn't look as good as they used to on 2D CAD because they were taken from Revit. And I just noticed that nothing really changed. There was still this huge disconnect of what we were, what we were modeling, coordinating, and what was actually getting built. And I didn't get that. After a few years of, of that, I uh, took an opportunity at a general contractor as a quote, you know, BIM specialist. And, um, you know, really the assumption was I was going to come into this, this company and teach everybody BIM, and then we were going to be a BIM competent firm, and we were going to just move on and do everything BIM. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the first couple of years, you really understand all the dynamics involved, um, all the contracts, everything that really needs to align for BIM to add value. And honestly, the last 12 years, we're still trying to figure out the best way to do that. It's been sort of this life, well, this career long journey of, of really trying to get industry in general to transition to what I consider a better way of working. If you thought you had answers to all your questions 12 years ago, and Till now, I don't think we've had answers of even some of the most preliminary questions. And that is why we are talking about LOD today. It is used everywhere. If you talk about BIM, one of the first things that we talk about is LOD. So first of all, do you think LOD has one agreeable definition in the industry? Oh, absolutely not. It's, I mean, it's supposed to um, level of of development. I mean, it started as level of detail and then has been refined. But if you go back far enough, you can find probably eight different acronyms. Actually, here, I can share something with you. So this is sort of the history of LOD along the line, the line here. It's just, but if you go back, it's been taken over by everybody around the world and people have sort of added their own spin to it and defined it differently. And you can see as you get into some of these, there's detail, there's level of information. You know, there's lots of different schisms of what LOD is or is being used. It's There's not really an agreed uh, definition of what it is. Level of development can mean many, many different things. But another graphic I like is, is this one here, which sort of, it identifies how the, all these different documents across the world relate to each other. So you can see there's influences by, is a base for, is copied by, is a reference to, is included in all these different kind of definitions at the bottom. So you can see it's all based on the same sort of theory or strategy, uh, but it's kind of a moving target. And where we are now in the industry, we've landed on the BIM forums LOD as really the most used, widely used uh, standard of level of development. But there is a lot of others floating around there, just, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What you're showing me right now is a very realistic picture of where we are in terms of LOD. If this is LOD and we do not have a, even a vaguely defined uh, standard for LOD, why are we all after um, LODs in our BIM execution plans and why has it become such an important part of our BIM execution? Well, I think we need to go back to the assumption of LOD. Um, it was devised for, and I'm going to go back to some of the truths of, of LOD. It was defined or it was devised as a way to share uh, information or data and geometry to different stakeholders along the value stream to add data and geometry in some way that's going to add value to the next person in, in the value stream. And we have to go back to the absolute purpose of LOD of why it was defined and why it's so much work gets put into LOD. 
these are some of the truths that you know we we really need to take as as truths or else the whole kind of LOD strategy falls apart. So first, LOD is about BIM utility. It's not about 2D drawings. It's about data and geometry uh, in a way that passes it off to the next person in the value stream, whatever that looks like. Also, LOD is a standard and it should not be redefined to align with office or project requirements. I see a lot of uh, LOD matrix come in that have definitions of 125, 150, you know, these are made up for that project because they're trying to align to something that's already within the contract. It's not, it's not trying to plan a contract around BIM, we're trying to plan BIM around the contract that's already developed. So, we, you know, there's this habit of modifying what, it, what it, the standard looks like to uh, align with our project in, in hand. Um, and something I like to, you know, I think is a truth for, for general contractors especially is LOD needs to be contractual to add kind, any kind of value. So, you know, what that means, you can't, it can't be a duplicated workflow, like estimating, um, because then it's just, it's just more rework. So, you know, what I mean to that is, when we get models in as a general contractor, if they come with a data release agreement that says, here's our model, but you can't use it for anything, refer to the documents, that really just throws anything LOD out the window anyways, because we can't rely on it. So if we're going to start doing quantity takeoff on something simple like concrete, if we can't use the model in a contractual way to get those quantities and we have to go back and do a parallel estimate with the 2D drawings anyway, it really defeats the purpose. There's no ad, there's no value there. The last truth I like to say is there's no such thing as an LOD 300 or an LOD 200 model. There's nothing you can hand off that encompasses the entire thing of LOD 300. Um, you know, there's different, there's different scales of LOD on all your different objects at any given point in time. And it's just the way, it's just the way any, anybody works or models get, you know, developed. There is, you cannot just blanket state, uh, you know, an LOD 300 as, as a deliverable. You know, these are some of the truths that I see. I mean, people might not agree with me, but if you actually get into the LOD and look at it, they say the same thing. It's about to articulate the content reliability of BIMs. It even says, Supplement drawings um, uh, are not dealt with in the 3D. Uh, it's only about 3D and non-graphic information. So it, it says right in there, it has nothing to do with drawings. And then even says, lays it out. It's supposed to be BIM deliverables, specific information and models. It's all about the models. And I think, you know, we've got to the point where we've, we've modified this definition of LOD to suit our contract documented deliverables. And in that process, we've really destroyed what LOD is supposed to do and the value that it's supposed to bring. So just to wrap up, it is all about your data and your geometry. That's what LOD is fundamentally supposed to be about, is how we can take that data and geometry from designers to contractors to owners in a way that adds value. So we're taking technology, uh, that data geometry, we're handing it off in a way that adds value and then we're handing it off to the client in a way that adds value. But if we're not handing that data and geometry off in a way that adds value, we're not really not doing anything. And I think that's where we are in industry is the, we're basically, we're modifying it to suit our existing processes without um, really understanding what it's supposed to do. Okay, okay, I, I get it. And I think it's, it's very commonly agreed in the industry that BIM is data plus geometry. LOD is supposed to define this is the geometrical modeling that we do. But does LOD also define this is the data modeling we need to do? Does it even define that? Let's say 
I have a, a model um, and an element in that model is not geometrically well developed but it has a whole set of parameters that has information that is required do you think it would suffice to a certain level of LOD? Oh sure I, yeah, I mean it doesn't define it it gives you the option to define whatever you want and that's you know that's kind of why they you know the LOD is sold as you know, it's not a hard and fast standard. It's, you know, it gives you the definitions or the flexibility to add what you want. It's sort of a, it's a template of, of defining what you want. But I think if we, when we really dig into this, once you define where that information comes from, it's less to do with LOD and just, it's a, it's a specific deliverable. You know, if you look through the LOD Excel matrix that's available from BIM Forum, it's freely available. You know, they have the option on there and they, they, they develop it in a way that you can add any, any parameter piece of information you want as long as that's a deliverable. But I think where it falls apart is the client isn't defining deliverables on that long, along that chain. So we don't really look at it at that. If it could be possible for a client that understands exactly what information they need and if they need it at a certain point in time and just information, I think LOD, sure, you could define it as a generic graphical representation, but it has uh, this very specific information that can be used for something. Okay. Uh, you know, they don't have to be um, combined in any way. It's just, it gives you the opportunity to define it as you go or for whatever needs you have. Okay, because this is very contradicting from where, when I started looking at BIM execution plans early in my career, for me, like it was defined as more of a geometrical development of a model than data um, development of a model. So yeah, like when you're talking about it, it does make a lot of sense to me. I'll take an example of a simple, let's say a simple door, a door that has like the panel that it needs, it has a frame it needs, and it has the information where it is in a particular wall. Let's say it has certain design on the panel or the quality of the handle, all of that stuff, or the, the hardware. As designers, as contractors need to know where we have to stop putting in information, uh, where an architect or an engineer stops their work and they give that to contractor or contractor gives that to trades that this is where your your scope begins. So if we do not define LOD or we just leave it vague, how would somebody know, especially on the design side, that this is where we need to stop putting in information? Well, I think I would rephrase the question. I think it's less about the handoff and about when the next person you know needs to, or needs to be involved. Yes. And how yes. much and how much rework is going to be is going to be included because it really depends on the contractual delivery method because okay. sometimes you are uh, constrained as to where you can stop modeling and hand that off. For example, anything that has low bid, um, we need a full set of drawings to take that to the trade community to price and that's just what we have to do. Mm -hmm. So when you turn that into BIM, and I should specify what my, my biggest challenge with LOD is within the electrical mechanical scopes. So I'll, I'll use a lot of those examples. So for that example, when you have to go to the, um, the market at low bid and the mechanical consultant is modeling everything to a certain point to get what we need to turn it into documents that we get a price for it, 
they have to model to 95% or whatever you decide that complete is, which is typically LOD 300. But if you go back into the actual definitions of that, it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense because LOD makes a lot of assumptions when it comes to what the utility is when you're handing off or, or the incremental adding of information is, is, is kind of what I, um, well, how I put it. So it assumes as things get defined in the model mm-hmm. and more information comes, there's going to be this incremental addition of information. You're going to define your pipes. Yes, we have pipes of this size, IRS design. Okay, we need them this spaced. Oh, they went out of their space, they're coordinated. Okay, now we're going to add hangers and stuff. But that's not how real life works. It It is not incremental addition of development. It is a stop and a remodel of everything because we don't understand code and constructability back in the early days. So anything that, that doesn't add value, which means it's not coordinated, or doesn't have the information you need for the next person, isn't really defined as anything. When you're talking about LOD 100 to 200, and they're, they're sort of the assuming that you hand it off, some information gets added to it, it's a little more valuable, then it gets handed off, and even more information gets added to it, there it's valuable. So it goes from design to layout to coordination to construction. And that's just a linear process. That's what the whole assumption of LOD is. There's a linear process of where things are defined and you can just add some detail to add value. So when you're looking at actual LOD, so this on the left is this LOD 300, which is defined. It was a specific system. It was um, coordinated, um, you know, within within the design realm, and then it was, got handed off. And you look on the right, and that's actually what gets modeled to be to be built. It's not just an incremental addition of information; it's everything changes because you have to add code and construct. You have to take into account code and constructability. So based on that, the assumption is that what well, whatever we define before that handoff is going to have some sort of utility. But what we're fine, especially if MEP is there's there's just absolute rework there. Mm-hmm. It is, it's basically starting over and all the coordination and all the effort and all the development that went into before that handoff gets thrown out and then we start over and scrap. So, you know, I have LOD 350 in here because that's an interesting one. Is The assumption is you have your LOD 300, it goes to somebody, you add a little bit more geometry or development for interfacing with other building systems uh, and to coordinate and then you hand it off and then you put LOD 400 is actually, you know, it's actually installed, but there is no iterative step or there is no, there's no linear step in there. It's not handing off, adding information and then building. It's stopping, redefining, re-coordinating, re-adding all that stuff. Nothing that is defined is going to be all hangers and stuff that may have been in that LOD 350 get thrown out, redone. We are building a huge amount of rework into the system using LOD this way. And that's and that's where my biggest problem is, because we just don't take into account things that we need for construction. It's, you know, we, we use LOD now as something to define the completeness of drawings. And that's just kind of backwards where it was actually originally to be. Okay, taking this particular example, what I feel is that each project has its specific requirements to which an LOD is defined. Let's say if a designer, um, instead of 300, if they stop a step before that and hand it over to contractors, does that help you guys to take it from there in a better way? 
You could, yeah. I mean, I, it, I mean, what that does is it reduces the amount of rework or the, the amount of effort it takes. Quite honestly, whether you call it LOD 300 or LOD 200, doesn't really matter. It still has the same geometrical accuracy, right? It doesn't, right. It doesn't matter. And, you know, if you go into the actual LOD definitions of it, basically LOD uh, 200 is a generic system with approximate size, shape, location, orientation. In my mind, that's where mechanical consultants stop. That's where they have to stop. They don't have the enough information to take it beyond that. Mm -hmm. So if we if we stop there, then what is in their drawings is generic. It's defined as in drawings, but the geometry and any kind of information in there is is generic. It's approximate. And I say yes. Let's stop there. Let's let's get the trades on board earlier to hand it off earlier, so we reduce that amount of rework it takes from LOD 200 to say LOD 300. The problem is when you get into LOD 300 is, you know, and this is kind of how we define that handoff right now of, you know, designers are done, trades are on board, is they say, well, we'll take it to LOD 300. Actually, actually look at the, it takes it into specific assembly, the, the size, shape, or location, orientation is specific, you know, BIM forum interpretation is, can be measured directly off the model, mm -hmm. it, it completely falls apart. And then if you go down into LOD 350, it falls apart further. You know, the way we're using it right now is, is causing a huge amount of confusion for the clients we deal with. Mm -hmm. Because they're starting, they procure designers on um, the assumption that an LOD 300 model taken from the standard that is out there can be measured off the model and is coordinated. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times we get assumptions, well, you guys are gonna get an LOD 300 model. Um, and then all you have to do is, is build it and and we try you know to our, we, we try to explain no no now we get trades on board and we redo everything because mm. if you want an as-built model or if you want any kind of you know it has to be redone we're just starting you know the decisions that need to be made to add uh, utility cannot be made until we actually get somebody on board to pick those you know to make those decisions you know anything that uh, is going to be up to the trades to go procure an actual product is going to change the original model so you know defining complete LOD based on decisions that haven't been made yet I think is a huge is a huge fallacy I feel this is such a uh, an important topic maybe one episode of just addressing the basics is not enough I'm going to move to our next se section, which is um, impossible questionnaire. So the first question, what is the acceptable slope for interior ramp that is not located in a barrier-free path of travel in a restaurant? Well, oh, that's a long one. I'm going, I'm going to say 6%. The answer I have in front of me is 1 in 10. So that's which- 10%. Means, that's 10%. 10%, yeah, quite, quite, quite a lot steeper, actually. So the next question is, um, this could be interesting to you. What is 5D BIM? So it'd be applying cost along the timeline. Okay, great. I want to ask you one more question. I want to break the rule here. What soil type has the most ideal permeability, which is suitable for the construction of a sewage system? And your options are silty sand, well-graded gravel, inorganic silts, or organic clay or high plasticity soils. 
I'm going to take a guess and say uh, compact granular. So gravel. Gravel. Oh, no. It is silty sand. Silty sand. Well, who knows? Coming back to what we were talking about, LOD, what in your view is a rose, a bud and a thorn of defining LOD in a, in a project? The rose is a benefit, bud is a hope or something that we can get in future. Thorn is a challenge, a side effect, a hurdle. Uh, well, I would say the good part about defining LOD is just dividing the scope up. Uh, so defining who needs to at least be responsible for what object. Being able to understand that you're not going to have two sink fixtures in the same place or, or whatnot is, is valuable in a workflow. I think uh, potential of LOD, it's good that we're having this conversation, that clients are starting to get involved in this, in this conversation because quite frankly, they need to drive those deliverables because they need to understand how they affect process. Trying to bolt on BIM deliverables on an existing contractual delivery method is why we see so, so many problems in the industry is because we're spending a lot more money because we're trying to do it after the fact. Instead of designing a process around BIM that adds value, we're just bolting it on after the fact, which is just adding process. So it's, it's, um, it's costing more money than it's saving, which is one of the biggest challenges we have in industry right now. It's, it's important that we actually come to the table and understand you know, why we're not seeing the value out of BIM we should be seeing or what was promised almost 20 years ago with BIM. We just don't see it. So it's good we're having these conversations. And a challenge, there's so many challenges. I can all, I'll maybe boil it down to main Let's challenges. Let's get to top three. Let's get to top three. Top three is our, our contractual methods. Um, low bid procurement. As soon as we have a project where we have to procure trades on a low bid uh, strategy, we can basically throw out LOD, we can throw out any kind of BIM value. We, you know, we, we, are, we are shackled to the drawings that are getting produced off of the BIM. Mm -hmm. And anything that we want to do after that fact is rework. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of excess work before that fact. And then there's a whole bunch of rework after that fact. We need to start bringing on the people that understand the work and can make those decisions when they can influence the project. Top two is just capacity. I want to bring trades on board and get those get the input really early. But, you know, quite frankly, 90% of mechanical electrical trades out there don't have the capacity to, you know, read a model, even look at it. They don't have the software and they don't understand what they're looking at. Even if we are defining that, you know, some sort of LOD utility into the model, taking that to a trade community that doesn't understand what they're looking for is not going to, you know, it's not going to do any good. And the third biggest challenge is just is clients understanding what they're asking for. You know, RFPs that say you should do, you shall do BIM really don't, aren't gonna get anything, right? They need to understand what they want out of BIM and define that as deliverables and put that into the contracts before they actually get signed. Through my CanBIM hat, I talked to a lot of owners and the consensus out there is we don't see value in BIM. We see it as a cost center, not a, not a value center to our projects because we're not doing it right. We're defining it after the contracts and we're not getting the people on board early enough to actually uh, produce that value. I think it also has a lot to do with 
how we've arrived on this process is I believe are trying to define a process that was pre-BIM into the BIM world. I know that even now, after all these discussions, a lot of architects, a lot of engineers really don't want to make a decision at 30% or 60%. They do want to wait till the end to make a decision uh, because that's how CAD world worked or that's how things when they were hand-drafted worked. And we are just trying to 3DIs the stuff that we were doing on. And a lot of the time, it's it's not because they don't want to, it's because they can't. They, they're not yeah. allowed to specify a certain problem or a certain product because low bid procurement dictates that we have to go to market for that. Do we still have, a, have an answer to the question, should we LOD or should we not LOD? I don't think we should not until uh, not until the contracts change enough that we can actually define what we need for the next person in the value chain and reduce the amount of rework that happens on that handle. So if there's one takeaway anybody out there is going to take, LOD is not about drawings. It's about BIM utility. Oh, OK, that is what I will take away from it. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot, Shana. We'll talk soon.